0: Hi, everybody, this is Pete Waltz, and we're here at our annual meeting talking with some of our panelists about the impact of politics, economy, and where the law collides with that. And a lot of the topic that came out of this panel had to do with immigration and the impact of what's going on in the U.S. and how that impacts international workers that are coming into the U.S., as well as how that impacts corporate business in general. I'm with Melanie Keeney, who's a partner at Tooth Keeney, our Missouri member, as well as Duncan Imperarity, who is a partner in our Ireland member, also a board member for the ELA. Folks, thanks for joining me today. Pleasure.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: So the panel was really insightful. And I think for this podcast, what I'd like to do is really focus in on the immigration issue and what our listeners need to know about when their international workers want to come to the US and what some of those requirements are. Melanie, I'd like to start with you and just kind of give us a highlight of what you were shared
1: with the panel. Just a quick overview. So, you know, where those workers are coming from. So when we've got businesses that are consulting with us that want to come into the United States, the visas that are required, the time that it may take, depends strongly on where they're coming from. So if they're coming from Europe and they want to just come visit, that's a pretty easy thing. They just go through what they call ESTA. If they're coming from, say, India, or somewhere in Africa, then it's a little harder. They've got to go to the embassy, they've got a new policies, new requirements with respect to even disclosing their social media handles and such. Because the United States, particularly in the last couple of years, has become very protective of its borders. And I know you've heard about that in the news. So that is a difference. And if they're going to bring them in for temporary work, again, depending on where they're from, can be tough. Lots of uh, additional questions asked. thing called we, extreme vetting. Sometimes people get stuck at the embassy. Extreme vetting yeah, sounds extreme like a vetting. scary proposition. It is, it is. And that's when you've got to give uh, sort of your employment history, travel history for 15 years back. Every trip, where'd you go? Uh, how long were you there? Who'd you visit? And sometimes people get stuck for several weeks at embassies before they can come back wow. into the United States. So. People still establish businesses in the United States. There are visas to do that. There are L visas. H-1B visas, you may have heard about in the news. They're harder to get. They're changing the new policies of the administration. They may not have changed the law, but the way that the policies are being and regulations are being implemented have changed and made it more difficult in some circumstances in even the legal immigration world.
0: Really. So, Duncan, lots of US companies have offices in Ireland, call centers, lots of partnerships, lots of business trade between the two. But from a European perspective, what's your sense of how all this immigration issue is playing out in that region?
2: Yeah, it's interesting listening to Mel. I mean, it would seem to me the U.S. is a lot harder than it used to be. I would like to think Europe's going slightly the other way. Um, And as we talked in our panel, Europe's really open for business and is far more uh, engaging and welcoming for business visas than it seems like the U.S. So it's not... As difficult, I'm not saying it's simple, but it's not as difficult to come in and we treat all people pretty much the same, particularly in Ireland, wherever you come from, provided you're coming from outside the EU. So it's easier to bring your spouse in the event that you want to, so the spouse can work, so it's all encouraging people to come to Europe. Of course with the Brexit issue that's going on at the moment, still yet to be determined what that in fact is going to mean. It's going to be a big issue for immigration, particularly from the UK to Europe. So in Ireland, we have a common travel area between the UK and Ireland, which precedes the EU. That's not affected by Brexit, so you can move freely between the two, and that's not going to change. But what Brexit will do is is the way goods move, the way goods move Ah. between the border, between the UK, assuming it's outside Europe, and between the rest of Europe. So that's going to be a big issue. But the immigration piece for UK nationals, not going to be a big deal but for foreign nationals living in UK, traveling in Europe, that probably is gonna be a big deal. But I think for Europe and speaking as a European, notwithstanding the accent, speaking as a European, <laughs> uh, I do think Europe is a far easier place to get into than the US. Yeah. As I say, particularly for business
1: reasons. I always have hope that it's gonna get better and uh, we'll see, but uh, the spouse issue is interesting that you raised that because uh, you know, in a global economy and with oftentimes two breadwinners in a family, bringing a spouse over, that can make or break if that spouse wants to work, make or break whether that person's coming. And in the United States, those people on L's, those intercompany transferees, their spouses can work. But those H-1B workers, a lot of times those very highly skilled tech workers, they can only work in certain circumstances, and there's been a push recently to get rid of that ability to work. Really? So we've, yeah, it's been really challenging. There's pushback, you know, we have litigation, there's litigation going on right now about some changes in policies last week that can impact business, but we're primarily, I think, designed to impact family immigration. But the what happens is that trickle-down effect into the business world, and maybe perhaps some requires more thought before implementing a policy. So it's been challenging, certainly challenging. A lot of people still coming to the United States, of course, but sort of a different world that we're engaged in. I
2: think it's all about people, when they're making business decisions, they're looking at a whole bunch of things Yeah. Like, before they make their decision to go to the U.S., to right. go to Europe, to go to Asia. They're looking at a whole bunch of things. And it's so fluid. It's one thing we were talking about. It's changing all the time. You Asked us six months ago, I think the responses would have been different to right. what we're saying now, right? Even last week, well, and people get fear, you know, get, fear, you know so much. the
1: climate of our companies afraid to come, or maybe not the companies, but the companies are people, right? Because companies are people, you know, if they don't think they can stay in the United States, get in and stay, that can really impact, as you yeah. said, Duncan, whether they're going to come. I'm hoping they're going to come. But it is something that we try to manage expectations about timing and about the possibilities of maybe negative outcomes.
0: I get the opportunity to spend time and visit with all you all around the world. And our members uh, are in 105 countries, so I get to travel a lot. And it's amazing when I go to Europe how even though I'm moving from country to country to country, the doors are open. When you land on the continent, you check in. and, And when you leave the continent, you check out. So it's like us driving around in the United States where I live in Philadelphia. If I'm going to Arizona, I have nothing stopping me. And the same thing happens in Europe. If some of the immigration issues that are happening in the U.S. continue to be challenges and the Brexit thing happens, do you think that that free flow within the European continent will change, will go back to the way it used to be where every time you left a country you had to flow through things? Or do you think... No. The, this, it'll stay
2: blue. Europe will not change. Europe will not change. The UK is leaving Europe. But Europe will not change, if you understand the distinction. So UK have chosen to leave and there will be consequences for everybody because they've chosen to leave. But Europe as a closed economy will not change. There's no plans to change the immigration rules between Europe and the rest of the world. I mean, really, I don't think we treat the Americans differently from the Japanese who make application or the Indians who make application, because it's about being business friendly and trying to get, if you can establish that you are a legitimate business, you have a legitimate reason to bring people into the country, they will be allowed to come. So there's and I would the, say that the hurdles and the obstacles that you seem to have. In the I would case.
1: say the one thing is it is important to make sure that people coming into the United States or any part of the world are honest, are providing information that's required and such. I think that the balance is tipped too far in some circumstances where people who are very legitimate and companies are very legitimate have difficulties. But sometimes there are bumps in the road. You hope that you can figure out what the system is, what the new system is, comply with it. But I think... As you said, you're the expert on Brexit. I think that's such an interesting topic and what's going to happen. You know, but I think you're right. People in Europe can come to the United States for business visits very easily most of the time, unless they've been to the Middle East, and then there are some restrictions on that. We have a new sort of game plan that we have to work with. So.
0: Well, this is a topic I'm sure we could spend a lot of time on. I think it's it's really a great subject for future podcasts. Is as Brexit continues to evolve and as the U.S. immigration policies continue to evolve, the way of global travel and global business will continue to evolve. But it's great to have that kind of expertise available at the ELA. For those listening in that have not visited the ELA, check us out at ela.law. We're in 105 countries. We have over 3,000 lawyers and the top labor and employment attorneys in the world from the highest and most prestigious firms in those markets. So I appreciate the time we spent together. Melanie Keeney from Missouri, Duncan and Verarity from Ireland. Thanks for joining us today. Thank pleasure. you so much. You, My Steve. pleasure. Take care.